You're listening to Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions. Cut the gun, all right, too. All right, fine, Jeez. Here's John Bishop and your host, Robin Ho. Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Brick City Blockade Chat Sessions here. This is your host, Robin Vote. I've got a Stoneface IPA with me sitting here, getting ready to talk a little bit of Star Wars and everything happening in that galaxy far, far away, of course, with my good friend, down to the south of me, Mr. John Bishop. John, how are you on this Sunday? And a happy Mother's Day to your wife as well. Oh, yeah. Well, Mrs. Bishop had a, a good day. We, we uh, you know, drove down to Brighton to say hello to mom. Yeah. Um, social distancing uh, observed correctly. There you and go. Uh, going to be on the phone with uh, the other Mrs. Bishop, my mom, later. <laughs> and, uh, hey, you know what? I've got my Diet Pepsi in hand because uh, <laughs> the local <laughs> store does not have my Diet Coke. Neither oh. of them are sponsors. However, I am making do with what is in front of me. And there's a whole lot of Star Wars in front of us, my friend. <sighs> my goodness. All right. I'm not. I'm just going to cut to the chase on this one because uh, you and I were talking about it. And again, like our fra- favorite phrase is everything happens before we hit the record button. And we were talking a lot about the Disney gallery, the Mandalorian behind the scenes episode two. With John Favreau, Filoni, and everybody, I, I'm I'm going to tell you, man. <laughs> and I love Clone Wars, and I love everything that we've seen this season. But the one thing that always piques my interest, and the one thing that makes me so happy, is when we get more behind the scenes on the Mandalorian and anything. It could be Marvel or or Star Wars. Anything about the production value that Disney is putting forward. And man, this second episode, I was blown away by the discussions had really really truly was i mean i'm i'm tuning in because i have a affinity for you know neo swing from back in the day and the movie Mm. swingers uh and and john favreau wrote that and and essentially was writing about he and his friends in los angeles trying to make their way in in the business right so right right. i'm i'm looking for that star wars version of you know uh, you know, <laughs> dinner, that dinner show he had uh, for a long time with um, Vince Vaughn, right. and you know what I'm getting is the is the Dave Filoni show, <laughs> and you know the more I hear him speak, and the more I hear him speak about um, how Star Wars is imbued with morals and and straight mm-hmm. and straight lines that talk about mentorship and fatherhood and all of these things. Um, I'm just always so surprised that, you know, they haven't given the reins uh, on on the story process or at least right. make him the ombudsman of of how things should and will go forward in the Star Wars galaxy. Because I think at times there's got to be moments where he's looking at things that we've read or seen or heard. Sure. And he's probably like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Mm. Um, at least that's that was the impression I got. But boy, was he complimentary of of our friend the maker um and and as his padawan seems to have really learned quite a bit about the art of storytelling at least yeah i mean the one thing that really stood out to me much like yourself john and i think we're in total agreement on this is the way that filoni sat there and without a shout of a doubt without a skip of a beat sat there and literally gave us the entire family and focused backstory and even some of the major plot points right before our very eyes of of Star Wars and what George was building. I mean, this man is a student of George Lucas. Like you said, the Padawan 
to George Lucas. Dare I say, he's at that moment now where he's standing before him is like, when I last left you, I was but the learner, but now I am the master at this point. Well, I mean, it's rare when you're watching a show like that and you're expecting, you know, talking heads to talk and you're you're thinking, well, geez, you know what? That's something to think about as a father. You know, his yeah. his speaking about how um, Qui-Gon Jinn would have been a much better mentor oh, based yeah. on the idea that Qui-Gon understood that Anakin needed a father figure and mm-hmm. not uh, necessarily a big brother. And, right. you know, and as you think about it after the fact, and I, I pounced around some of the movies and things uh, over the week here, there right. are times when Obi-Wan wants to tell Anakin no, and he doesn't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's that one scene where Anakin is about to take on the, the, the camp full of Tusken Raiders and you hear the no mm-hmm. from Qui-Gon. You know, that's, you know, and the impression is, is that Qui-Gon's ghost is seeing what's going on. Right. And, you know, what a difference between, you know, Qui-Gon's reaction to what's going on and Padme even Padme's reaction mm. you know and so I was really blown away my hair was blown back I I mean I felt kind of bad for all of the creatives at the table not because sure. they were overshadowed but what are you gonna say? I mean I think even um was it Ms. Chow who said um, oh yeah Deborah she said was. I mean what are you gonna do after that you know like what do you say? you know I, I think she said <laughs> something like that right like oh my gosh you know, and here, here's Deborah Chow. You know, she's she's about to take over the the Obi Wan series, and and you know Kathleen yeah. Kennedy's there, and you know, and uh, it was just, you know, I don't think we heard from Filoni after he talked. I mean, Filoni after after from from Bro after he talked about being an usher at the movie theater, yeah. and uh, yeah. I was just, I, I was so blown away, and I, you know, mm. sometimes I was like, I'm like, you know, I'm an ultra nerd, you know, and. There are no one, no uh, nobody else on the planet like me. And then you know, suddenly we find our king. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's a very good way of putting it. It's yeah. true. The table is filled with kings and queens of of our nerdum. Uh, yeah, but that guy. I mean, literally, like, there's not even a. You know, I I might as well pick one small niche of the of the saga and and specialize in that because I'm never ever going to have as much knowledge as that mm. guy has. And that is just so spectacular. I kind of think of the Tolkien uh, situation yeah. where you had, you know, the elder and then the son carries on. And, and I, it, it, I think it's very similar, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Super simu- uh, similar in that way. And John, the other thing about it, too, and I'm, I'm, it's fascinating that you brought that point up about, you know, the people that were at the table in particular and Deborah Chow being there and she's taking on the Obi-Wan series. I think what it kind of solidified it for me. Is that not only did you have Deborah Chow there, but you have John Favreau who's leading the Mandalorian, probably the most popular Star Wars thing, I would say right now, that amongst not just the fandom, but amongst those who are not always as enveloped in the Star Wars universe, but watch streaming TV. The Mandalorian has taken over that side of things. So you have John, you have Deborah, and the one thing that I love, and I and John Knoll was there, by the way. Yeah. Which if anybody didn't know. The man in 1987 started Photoshop with the yeah. Knoll brothers. Yeah. This is and a guy who understands visual effects and visual tools to the max. He to came up max. with a, uh, a paragraph intro to Rogue One and pitched it and got the movie. 
You know, what I mean? it's just you know, it's like, all right, here's 300 mil. Go ahead. Do it. You know? And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to see these people at the table. But the one thing that really stood out to me, and I think it's probably one of the most solidified feelings I've ever felt about Star Wars under the Disney regime, as you could say, is that you also had Taika Watiti sitting there. Listening to everything that Dave was talking about, and recently we found out that Taika and a bunch of fantastic female co-producers and writers were going to work with him on an upcoming film. That solidifies what he's proven in The Mandalorian and knowing that Dave and John are there as well and what Dave had said. And him being there to take in all that information and watch. If you watch Taika, he's looking at Dave like, oh man, there's a lot I got to learn, but I'm excited about this journey. That well, solidifies yeah. it for me. It solidifies th- it. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there was a bit where they were um, several of the people at the table were talking about um, the diversity that should be in the real yes. world is a, is apparent in the Star Wars world, or at least it is now. Yeah. And how um, so much can be said about Luke not trying to kill the Emperor. In that mm-hmm. one moment and things like that, you know, the, the difference between what is, you know, what is satisfying and what is right. Um, mm. And I, I will, I, you know, there's I saw one article and this is a little digression, but I saw one article sure. saying where, you know, Ray had totally flipped that on her head. Well, no, Ray didn't flip that totally on her head. No. She was the one steadfast person in the entire galaxy who believed in the Jedi, in the Skywalkers, in Mm -hmm. Solo, and went and proved it by destroying the person who had held them down for, for decades, you know, and I don't, she, she had a chance to kill Palpatine, did not, but when her friends and the rest of the galaxy was in jeopardy, she teamed up with essentially a family member to, to end it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I think that through line that, Filoni was talking about does extend through the sequel trilogy. And I think over yes. the years, as, as people, you know, continue to watch things, including the Mandalorian, including the Clone Wars, they're going to see that through line and really appreciate it when so much of what we, what we watch and read and think about doesn't have a through line, you know, sure. doesn't have a, a, a moral center. And, you know, with, again, with my children and with the people that I want to watch movies with, I want to have, something that we can grasp onto together. And that was just, I mean, just, it was almost for someone who doesn't go to church anymore Yeah, to have, uh, to have somebody who was so spiritual and how he spoke about creativity and the Mm -hmm. importance of myth establishing, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, ethos. Sure. And, and and having that kind of pathos in what you're enjoying as media, I, I was just so blown away. It was almost it was almost too much because, you know, right. I think I was watching it while I was trying to do something else. And I finally had to just sit down and be like, <laughs> stop. <"All right>. Yeah. <laughs> what did they just say? What? <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. The yeah. one thing that really, I think, made me very happy, and it's the way that they spread out the series, and I'm telling you, I can't wait for the next episode of it. it it's it's got me on the edge of my seat, much like Clone Wars, where I'm like, okay, what what other cool behind-the-scenes tidbits can we get from these people? And I don't like I, like they said this week, like, I don't know how we can one-up Filoni at this point. Like, does anybody else want to speak it right now? Because this guy just basically blew us uh, completely out of the water. And 
the one thing that really made me happy is that when that title came up and it said mythology. Now, if we know anything about our fandoms and we know anything about, you know, franchises that we love, you know, I grew up loving Batman. I absolutely grew up loving that side of the DC universe, whether it was Adam West, whether it was, you know, I'll even say it even into George Clooney years. And that's saying a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, Batman to me was always that one superhero other than Spider-Man, of course, who whose mythology and backstory and side stories always made the most sense to me because why? Because there was so much darkness there. There was so much, not necessarily mythology in this case compared to Star Wars, but there was so much other backstory to the character and to those that surrounded the, who surrounded themselves around this character that, that made that story so much more, I'm, I'm not going to say necessarily enjoyable, John, but I'm going to say it made it that much more connective to, to things in life. And I get that same feeling with Star Wars. I get that with the Spider-Verse, too. But I think, like you said before, and, I'm, and I think it's a great point, is that we try to find the things that we can latch on to, the mythologies, the stories, the life lessons that really mean the most to us and really reside with us every single day that we walk on this earth. And another great point you made is I'm not a person of the church either, and mm. I didn't grow up with it. But there is something about Star Wars and there's something about our fandom that is so interconnected that it almost feels like you are in your own personal church. And it is such a great feeling. And this week really just set that ablaze in such a fantastic way. Well, and, and, you know, not only that, it's, it's this ability to um, think about characters making good and bad decisions. You know, what's the difference between the Mandalorian say and Boba Fett? Right. And right. I'll bet you one of the things that we're going to see, um, assuming that the, you know, the very strong rumors from the trades um, say that, the, you know, that Taika, I mean, pardon me, um, Timura Morrison will be uh, in, in the in the mix for for the Mandalorian is, mm. you know, maybe we're going to see the juxtaposition of uh, Captain Rex perhaps and and boba fett and and the mandalorian himself and you know just because two men wear the same uniform or armor or similar armor or even look alike you know what sends them on paths that are so different well you know people can say that um you know captain rex has got to be feeling terrible about some of the you know comrades and brothers that he's killed and you know here's here's boba fett who has a i think it was a 12 year old 10 year old Saw yeah. his father ca- de- decapitated. So, oh. you know, it, for, no. for people who have so much empathy for, for you know, Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker, Ben Solo slash um, Kylo Ren, you know, both of whom killed millions, literally millions of people. Yeah. You know, I, I find uh, some pathos in the, the clones, um, not just Rex and, and the rest of the boys, but, you know, Boba Fett in particular. I, and I think that they did a very good job um, taking a really ancillary character, you know, and creating a father, you know, Django Fett and and a backstory for Boba Fett. That is really interesting. And I know there's some people who deride it, I think, mostly because of the people who tend to fall in the uh, 
I'm a, I'm a Boba Fett fan category. You know, I want Mandos and blah, 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 whatever. You know, right. like, right. I like Westerns. I liked, um, you know, the whole Western backstory of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that. Yeah. That genre. You know, I haven't really watched too many spaghetti Westerns, but what I recognize and what we're seeing and what, you know, Favreau spoke eloquently about is this Western character. Yeah. The gunslinger, you know, and I think it's really cool. You know, I'm I'm so fired up about the things that I learn from Star Wars. And then I go and, you know, for instance, uh, I one of my favorite films is American Graffiti. Oh, and yeah. I'm, I'm certain that I watch American Graffiti after watching the um, Phantom Menace extras on my DVD yeah. collection. And somebody happens to say, well, George always loved cars, you know, watch American Graffiti, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that just I eat up because to me, one of the great things about film is it's, it's a repository of information and, and Favreau Good talked point. about that, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, what, if you're wanting to talk to the future generation now in the past, it may have books, uh, and before that it was religion and there, now it's film, it's television, yeah. it's visual references. And so I think I find myself thinking so hard and, and after watching films um, and, and one of the things I like about Star Wars, it never gets so deep, like a, a really psychological thriller, like the silence of the lambs or, right. or Schindler's Lins. And, and like, I can watch a Star Wars movie and not be brought to tears consistently and I, or mm. be brought out of the moment consistency consistently, like in a comedy. You know, here there's life lessons and all these wonderful things to take out of it. And it's yeah. it's put in a decent package. And I can talk to my friends about that. And I will learn more about Robin because I'm talking to you about something that we have in common. Right. And, and, and you know, that's so awesome, right? I mean, how great yeah. is that? It's, it's unlike anything else that does exist in this world. And the one thing that I think – and I'm going to say this because I know there's a lot of stuff hap happening across social media. People – unsure of the which path to take which things to say which things not to say right now and i think it has to come back down to the root of listen there are larger things happening in our world right now oh my gosh yeah. things that star wars has taught us john you and i can say this right now there are a lot of things that star wars has has taught us but the one thing it has always taught us is says and i'm going to quote qui-gon on this there's always a bigger fish there's <laughs> always a bigger fish and yes yeah. and the Google oh and and by the way nazis are bad yeah, Nazis are bad. I think, I think Nazis bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, right wing totalitarian governments bad. You know, like you know, I mean, that's pretty easy to figure out, right? So. <laughs> if you if you have haven't seen both of our twitters, I think you, at this point yeah. you're you're missing. You know. But uh, yeah. it, it's it's really cool to kind of take a step back and say, you know, the goober fish will always be eaten when it's chasing you down, and yeah. we live in that world today, John. And that is, listen, you can say what you want, you can have your opinions, you can do what you want, but the one thing that Star Wars has taught you is that there's always the bigger fish that you got to be concerned about that may come to your help or may not come to your help. So live the moment, say what you're going to say, and then move on. Move on from it, because there's always something else there. Star Wars has taught us the basic essentials of life, which is that in life it is about family is about respecting each other and at the end of the day there is good and bad and take the path 
that leads to a better future for yourself. And you see it across not just social media, but but in our own lives. And I always say this to people. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. And really put yourself in the seat with Jar Jar, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. Fly yourself out of the Gungan City and figure out. Are you going to get eaten by the fish or are you going to make it to Naboo and try to save the queen? Which one are you going to do? Well, and this is the thing people get so caught up in, you know, who should have played whom and how it should have gone. Right. But if you're, if you're thinking about that and you're watching solo, a star Wars story and you don't Mm. get moved by the idea that Han Solo risked his life for, you know, all those people on that planet. by by essentially giving them the the the, uh coaxium yeah i was so shocked by that like i remember thinking i knew i knew consola pretty well you know blah 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 blah. yeah but here we have the guy who wrote essentially wrote han solo right his son saying that yeah han solo was always a hero Han Solo always knew what was right. And he was always being put in really bad situations that he made the best out of. And I thought, I think that that, you know, there's a lot of that in Ahsoka. There's a lot of that real, I mean, just can't wait to see how this goes with, with the Mandalorian Mm. and, you know, all of these things. And, you know, yes, one of the, the other thing that I think we can agree on is listening to Taika and how much reverence which he really had not espoused previously, I don't think. True. How True. much reverence he has for the stel- storytelling aspect and the tradition yes. of the storytelling aspect yes. and the morality of the storytelling aspect. Mm. You know, like, and and I, you know, thankfully, I've been privy to seeing a lot of his interviews about his uh, most recent film, and you know, this guy seems to have his moral compass set on straight and narrow and i don't mind yeah. that i'm i'm really pleased with that and i'm psyched that that's the kind of person who's going to be making a movie for my children to see so yeah. you know and i know I, that's the world i live in guys if you don't like me talking about my kids well i'm sure there's you know half a billion other podcasts out there um <laughs> but true. that's that's the world i live in you know how am i going to explain that to you know there's so many movies that i want to show my kids but i'm like you know like how do i how do I show them that without showing them this? And yeah, right. You know, and uh, anyway, I, I digress, but I, there's so much stuff. I, I remember after we got off the phone last week. Yeah. And, and we were talking about, you know, upcoming oh, Star Wars Day and, you know, the end of the Clone Wars. I remember saying, mm-hmm. What the heck are we going to talk about after that? And then I, <laughs> it's like three days of nonstop writing for Mickey blog about Star right? Wars. And then all of a sudden, you know, even after, um, you know, May the 4th, we kept getting hit by all kinds of stuff. And oh, I just yeah. remember saying, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Like, this is insane. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, kind of, it made me feel pretty good about, you know, the, my chosen avocation. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I think the one thing that May the 4th really brought to us and kind of in reflection of that, and it's great that you brought that up, 
is that of course at the podcast we were we were podcasting left and right. I can't even tell you. I was trying to balance my my schoolwork with scheduling a show with somebody, bringing somebody on because so much great stuff was happening. It was the one day where I felt even social media was kind of like, "Whoa, we're all getting together and we're all having a grand old time right now." And it was nice to see. And I think like you said coming out of it we thought that, okay, well, we had May the 4th. We had everything slated. Nope, nope. It just kept cranking out, and we, we kept getting some really great tidbits here and there and some great discussions as well. And it was great because I've, I've been talking with the guys, Scott in particular, and we just did our Talking Far, Far Away episode, and, and we were reflecting on the idea that, you know, back in 2012, I say this all the time, we never expected this, but the one thing, the one thing that has been the most surprising and the most welcoming is when these kind of days come, when it's May the 4th, when it's the release of a Star Wars film, whether it's red carpet night or the time when we go to sit in the theater, everybody just takes a backseat and says, wow, look at how great this franchise is and how we can all get behind this and its message. And those are the moments where you just want to take a, you just want to screenshot it on your phone and say, when everybody's like at each other's necks over things, you just want to say, can, can, can you go back and look at this, please? Can you, can, yeah. can you just look at this, please? Because it is so amazing. You're writing articles at Mickey blog and doing fantastic stuff across social media. Brick City is putting out podcasts. We have Neil Lowry coming on, the Mr. Positivity himself from social media, from, from the Star Wars community, coming on tomorrow. It is so exciting that we have these opportunities in front of us and continuing to push them forward, not just for ourselves, but for everybody around us. That's what it's about, man. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I, I also think one of the things that's great about the guys who were at that table is that none of them take themselves very seriously. No. And uh, I, I have happened to be, you know, looking through some stuff, uh, obviously about Star Wars over the over the week, and one of the things I ran into was you know the Star Wars weekends, uh, Star you know the Stormtrooper dance dance offs and oh, the Stormtrooper yeah. comedies that they used to do, and you know what that stuff was funny. That yes. stuff was funny. I mean, if you haven't, if you don't laugh at a Stormtrooper singing "Let It Go," <laughs> fran- <laughs> frankly, you're an idiot. Yeah, like I, I mean, just. You know, you just sit there, and I remember going. I remember talking to uh, Jason Sorrell, who was an Imagineer at the time, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's he said. You know, some people didn't take that very well, and but it, again, it's. I think he said something to the effect of, "It's fantasy. It's fun. It's supposed yes. to be fun," and and that he that was how everybody who was working on Star Wars weekends, they had to take it sort of tongue in cheek because it was people in white armor walking in the florida sun you know yeah none of it made sense and none of it was you know uh, accurate or canonical or whatever but it was fun it was funny you know i remember uh being at hollywood studios and one of the stormtroopers saying what are those little beings being pushed in carts they must be very (laughs) powerful you know like that was funny you know i mean and so and so you know you kind of take that back and you you always Everyone at that table had a little laugh where yes. they were laughing at, at something that George had done or one of the characters had done. Or, and that, you know, that sense of humor, I think, is what makes Star Wars different than Star Trek. Mm. I, I think really 
what I love is that none of it makes sense. You know, bombs falling through space or, you know, there's no zero G on any starship. You know, you can, you can jump across the galaxy without any semblance of time being wasted. And, you know, I'll watch movies that are, you know, steeped in fact, but how many times can you watch interstellar before you really just want to cry and crawl up in a corner and be like, right. It's all so big. Whereas Star Wars takes the universe and uh, makes it, as you said, so relatable. It yeah. breaks it down to brass tacks. That's a good father. That's not. It's too bad Anakin couldn't have saved his mom. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many little things like that. And and I guess that's where all the, the fanfics and all the shipping comes from. But I'll tell you this. If I don't ever hear the word Raylo ever again, I, 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 and I have nothing against anyone yeah. who wanted to see that that's fine i i am very fine with that sure and i i'm i i, I kind of was rooting for you guys but now that it's not yep. there we got some pretty good storytelling i don't think it's fair to take what you internalized as as being the right thing and put it on someone else's creativity no or put it on someone else's storytelling because in the end they did what they did because that was what they were building off in their lives, you know? And so to, to kind of like poo poo it um, in a way that makes it invalid or makes it seem invalid, I don't think is fair. And you know, that I've, I've just really started any of the people who are trying to put their own headcanon in as the front and foremost thing, is impinging on my ability to read and enjoy and break down what I'm seeing yeah. before I get someone else's opinion, a very strong opinion in my face. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, know, maybe I'm off base that way. I don't know. No, you're not because I feel the same way too. It's like, listen, for years, for years we had nothing. And the idea of trying to build your own headcanon, I feel number one is why people set unrealistic expectations for when they go into movies and when they go to see things, because it's not you telling the story. It's the person who is producing, directing everybody behind the scenes. They are telling a story that means so much to them and the studios are giving them the, the, the chance to do that. And you again, I said this earlier on in the show, you have the right to share your opinion, put it out there once and say, this is how I feel. But leave it at that. Leave it right there and walk away. There are yeah. certain things in this world where I feel like it's a little bit different because it affects our every single everyday lives, what we're doing every single day, how much money we're making. And I think everybody knows where I'm going with that. Yeah, stay but, home, wear a mask, stupid. Yes. Right, the essential yeah. things that keep right. us alive. You know, it's pretty yeah. easy. You don't need. I don't think we need to sugarcoat that. All right, like I know you live in New Hampshire, but you know, like seriously, <laughs> stay home, put on a mask. It's right. not that hard. Not Sorry. that hard. But those yeah. those are the exceptions, folks. You know, put your opinion out there about Star Wars, and then let it go. Let oh. it go. <laughs> okay, Anna. No, that's Elsa. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna ha- I'm uh, I gonna have to think about that while I'm hearing that song tonight during the Disney sing along. Oh, would it be great if the- 
<laughs> I was watching that. I saw that come up on commercial. And I, you know, you were the first person that came up in my mind. You oh, were the first wait. person. And I was like, you know Must what? See Sean TV is super <laughs> excited for this. And I cannot yeah. wait because Sean is probably excited too. Well, it's the best thing in the world is because, uh, you know, at least three out of the five of us are going to sit and watch that. And, you know, the idea that three of us are enjoying something at the same time and the other two who aren't there will watch it later, just won't tell anyone. And, you know, it's, you know, we all go to Disney World every year. This is probably the closest we'll get to Disney World this year. Yeah. And right. it's it's nice. It's it's fun to have that, as I've talked about with Star Wars, that connectivity, that that connective tissue in your yes. family without having to, you know, work very hard, you know, yeah, like it's true. It's, it's just really nice. And so, yeah. you know, as we look forward um, to the star Wars stuff, I I'm going my, my personal mission after we get through what, what I think is going to be a couple more weeks of this stuff yeah. is uh, I'm going to go back and redo and rewatch and refeel all the stuff that I imbibed at um, galaxy's edge, mm. because I really think in, in the long run, the stuff that it, that we'll be talking about in the way we talked about, you know, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, I think that those immersive experiences, those 4D experiences, are yeah. probably that next wave. And yes. I want to see how well they do that and uh, how exciting that'll be, especially when they're, they've got some really awesome characters that aren't named Skywalker and and have an awful lot of um, ability to to be malleable in that space. Yeah. I mean, how cool would it be... If in either the Mandalorian season two or season three, the guy goes to Batu. Oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> then we've all opened up a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, or how about this, Robin? I've been thinking more about it. There's two Galaxy's Edges, right? What if one oh, of them? Oh, I see what you're doing. What if one of them's in the prequel era? One of them's in the uh -huh. sequel era. And what if that every now and then they switch off? Oh, and suddenly, <laughs> every five years, you've got a different experience where when you're going to Galaxy's Edge, oh, you know, and, and you know, like think about that business model. By the way, you know, anyway, oh, that's that's where I'm coming from. I'm going to lose money on plane tickets so quick. You oh, don't even know if that happens. There's, there's nothing like it. I was thinking about it the other day. I wrote about it for uh, for Star Wars Day. Just how great it was to be at the bar at Galaxy's Edge in Oga's cantina oh, yeah. and be looking around the room and be like, I read about that corner and yeah. you know, I wonder if the secret panel is actually in the bathroom, you know, like, like, you know, that's, <laughs> right. that's really stupid because obviously, no. it's not. but you know, the idea that a 45 year old man who has, you know, most days a very serious job and has, you know, important things to do with his you know, wife and children is able to lose himself for a half hour in a bar with a DJ voiced by Pee Wee Herman. And I'm, I'm, I'm in cool. a different planet. I'm in a different planet. I'm, I'm, I'm literally not there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm standing either next to a good friend or my son. And, you know, the amazing thing is, you know, that keeps happening with Star Wars in a way that doesn't happen with everything else. It's amazing. It's amazing to see it. It's amazing to talk about it. And those are the kind of things that keep us going. Those are the kind of things that you kind of envision every single day like you have. And it's like, I can't wait until I can be back there and, and truly escape to this place 
And whether it, it doesn't just have to be Galaxy's Edge, it can also be just watching a Star Wars film. It could be also watching any kind of film that you feel allows you to do that. Hey, and Disney think, Gallery, Disney Gallery. And yeah. at some point, I know that they're going to have, you know, Favreau talking about the techniques of that filmmaking. I'm going to be totally immersed in this because I, I watched when he was, uh, a, a, I know, for instance, because I know that I know Scotty Morris from the Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah. I know that that script, John Favreau's script that turned in him, turned him into a major, major player uh, was in the back of Scotty's pickup. And when, wow. you know, like it was not, a it, you know, it was literally the most organic thing in the world. Wow. And, you know, suddenly, you know, Scotty and the boys are on film. There's that wonderful moment where they dance on the, the, the on the dance floor and yeah. Hollywood magic was made and a stars were born and the stars aligned. And now he's, he's literally directing star Wars and it's just, yeah. Well, I think about that story. I mean, that's a movie into itself. Mm. I cannot yes. wait to see more of, of Disney Gallery. Oh, dude, that's the line right there. Cannot wait to see more of Disney Gallery on Disney Plus. If you haven't subscribed to Disney Plus, I don't know what you're waiting for. Get your friend who subscribed to Disney Plus to give you an account on their multi multi platform uh, account system. And start watching because it, it is so worth it and is so worth your time. And you will be transformed into the world of producing and making a Star Wars show and just the fandom and the uh, backstories and everything that we love about it. You're going to be transformed into that that space and transitioned into it in particular. And it's going to be so much fun to see going forward what happens. Ditto. Ditto. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. All right, guys. We are at that time of the show on any podcast that we do here. It's a little thing that we like to call plug time here at the Brick City Blockade. Mr. John Bishop, where can the good people find you across the onlines that is the social media? Uh, today, I was writing about Ryan Reynolds mm. um, and, and uh, the movie Free Guy. And Ryan was on oh. on the old uh, Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. And he said, right. and this is a straight up quote, that, that um, Free Guy was his favorite film that he had been a part of. Really? And he said, that says a lot. He said it literally. That says a lot for for me because you know half the time I'm working on Deadpool, which we all know he loves. Right, I thought and, he loves Green Lantern too, but I guess not. Uh, well, I'm I'm pretty psyched <laughs> to see. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was so that was not a very good movie. Not a good film. Um, but you know what? Ryan Reynolds made it worth watching. Frankly, I think he's funny mm. as heck. And 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 now to know that we have a little bit more of Ryan Reynolds coming down the pike. I, I got to write about that a little bit, very little. But I also wrote about the close of the Clone Wars. That should be coming out on mickeyblog.com sometime today. And uh, I got all of your links in there. I got uh, some quotes from Mr. Filoni. And I got three videos that you should watch, including the cast reunion of the Clone Wars, which yes. was so much fun. And you mm. need to watch that because the, the, the camaraderie and the togetherness that that cast felt was pretty impressive and special. So that was really cool. 
That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I'm going to go back and watch through that for sure via Mickey blog. You know it for sure. You guys, super simple. Follow the Brick City Blockade over at Twitter, at Brick City SWPC. All the info is right there on how you can listen to episodes. All the crew members are over there as well. Also, make sure to check us out over on Facebook. Give us a like. That's where we share out any breaking news and things happening in the Star Wars universe and at the podcast. Also, uh, make sure to head on over to Tee Public. Uh, support the podcast over there with your T-shirt purchase. Um, Patreon to support the podcast as well. Your monthly donations help keep the feed alive, as always. And, of course, we have relaunched our work with Starlight Children's Foundation. We are super excited. I had a great talk with one of their PR people, and uh, they are super excited as well. So all of our live streams going forward will have an, have an area for you to donate to Starlight, and uh, we've relaunched hashtag a galaxy of joy with the group there in California. So we are super excited. Please make sure to check that out. That's over on social media as well. And we got some great people coming up down the line, some I cannot speak of, but you will find out very, very soon. I hide in the shadows, much like Palpatine did for many of many years, waiting to have my grand plan uh, finally come into shape. So until next time, John, it was always good to talk with you again. Happy Mother's Day to Miss Bishop as well and to your uh, entire family. All right, man. Thank you and uh, say hello to everybody on your end. And uh, I'm hoping that everybody is you know, feeling safe and happy on what is truly a special day. You know it for sure. And until next time, it's not a podcast until we say this. May the force be with you. Always. Now that's a kanji club.